Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner. Welcome to The Sex Wrap. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap, everyone. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are so excited to answer your questions about sex, sexuality, relationships, anything related to any of those topics. We get a little off topic sometimes, but one of us will bring us back. I'm always a little bit off topic. <laughs> I, I enjoy a good tangent just running off in a random direction. Um, but I'm glad that you're here to pull me back. Uh, it, it's important to have those people in your life who you who you love and who you respect and who can be like, hey, hey, come back. Come on. You got you to gotta <laughs> join this party over here, not your own party. Speaking of coming back to the party, <laughs> I'm going to a concert tonight. How weird is that? A concert. Are you having weird feelings about it? Do you remember what a concert is? I mean, in the before times, I was at concerts constantly, but uh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been to one in... 13 months now. I know. It's crazy. I mean, I think it's going to be a little different. It's like tables spaced apart, like in a restaurant. Um, so there's a lot of space between the tables and uh, there will be the music and it'll be a new style of a concert. But yeah, totally exciting still. It feels like a new world. That sounds Amazing. I think it's really fun. I'm actually on Saturday night going to, it's not a concert. Um, I'm going to a show. It's called the Erotic Soiree, like erotic, but mm. it erotic, it's aerial act. So it's people like on chains and like going up and down those like ribbons and swinging around. <laughs> um, but they took this great big dance club that has three stories and then they put spaced tables all around like looking down into the center of the club so we're going to kind of get like a, a 3d show up and down and it's also my first time out and i'm a little bit nervous about it I, i'm vaccinated i feel fine everything's fine i know i'm fine but uh well I'll, i mean i'm happy to report back next report back next week about like entering the world once yeah, again yeah. like yeah. leaving COVID behind. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. You know, we're coming up with new ways to do things that are safe. And, you know, for a while it was like, oh, we're never going to be able to do these things again. And um, and now it's time. It's time to figure out the new ways of doing things and to continue with our lives. And that is just so exciting, right? It's really great. Uh, more than great. It's awesome, right? Like, I don't want to say it's a return to normalcy, but I think connection and enjoying the world is really important. Oh, I did one more really cool thing last weekend. Do you want to hear about it? Sure. So uh, if I had a choice. <laughs> I went to a tea tasting. It was a green tea tasting and a meditation. It was at a botanical garden. It was socially distanced. It was outside. And it was really fun, except for one thing. Do you know what the one thing is? You don't like green tea? It all tastes like... <laughs> 
grass and smells like fresh cut hay. Wait, is that the, that it was what you didn't like? Yeah. I like, knew it. I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't dislike <laughs> green tea, but I mean, we tried teas from China and Japan and Taiwan and Nepal, and I... I am already high energy. Like I am unbearably energetic most of the time and I don't drink very much caffeine. But after like my 15th cup of green tea over two <laughs> hours, like my eyes were like burned open. And there was one that I really liked. It was one that had like jasmine flowers in it and it tasted like I was drinking cologne. But a cologne that you liked. But I loved it. And I think part of the reason I loved it is I was social and I was with other people. And the, the woman who was in charge, I wish I had her name. I, I'll give her a shout out somewhere at some point. But like, like she loved tea, like, <laughs> love. and every cup of tea had like a 10 minute story that went with it, which was cute for the first four or five cups of tea. But then eventually I was like, I just want my next cup of tea <laughs> without like, and then there's this mountain in this part of Taiwan with this kind of soil. And I'm like, okay, that, that, that's interesting. But it's also written down on the paper in front of it was a tasting menu of tea. I loved it. I would totally go back. Highly recommend everybody. If you like things that taste like wet grass and smell like wet hay, green tea tasting. Super fancy. Well, it sounds like she could talk about tea just as much as we can talk about sex. <laughs> I love talking about sex way more than talking about tea. But everybody, there are fun events out there. Um, just make sure that they're socially distanced. Make sure that you're safe. Make sure that people are wearing masks. Like all of that is still important. Um, but I can't wait. Like six months from now, it's going to be normal. Like mm. we're going to be able to like go places without masks and go to venues and events. And it's close. It's close. <sighs> Speaking of close, this is complete non sequitur. Um, <laughs> what's our question for today, Spring? Well, today we're talking about consent, um, but we're having kind of a different conversation about consent. So we want to talk about these other ways that people have consent. So we know that not everybody is always explicitly saying, do you want to have penetrative sex before they have that? Or do you want to have oral sex before they have that, right? So um, a lot of people communicate this in different ways. And so today we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about um, what these non-explicit forms of consent look like, what they look like in relationships. And then we'll talk about some of the pros and cons of those. And so this is a conversation I think that we really need to um, bring out into the open more because we keep saying we need to have explicit, explicit, explicit consent, but some people just aren't doing that. And so let's have a broader conversation about consent today. I mean, I, I really think conversations about consent are important. And, you know, we, we hear that enthusiastic, yes, yes, consent, or no means no consent. But we know that the vast majority of people, especially once they've entered into relationships, their consent doesn't look that way anymore. Like they still give signals of consent. Um, and I mean, I don't normally share too much about like my personal love life on the show, right? Because this is evidence-based, right? We're always like making sure that we give you the best information. But uh, I think it's important to talk about like what consent looks like in different places and how it changes. Um, so I still think like at the beginning of our episode- So wait, what are you going to tell us about your personal life? We're, we're hanging on every word here waiting to hear oh, what you're going to say about your- <laughs> I mean- uh, in my personal life, there is a lot of non-explicit consent surrounding all kinds of intimate behaviors. Um, but 
it didn't start that way. And I think that's a, like the safest way for me to enter into this conversation, right? Like when you're meeting someone, when you're getting to know someone, uh, before you have those such sexual scripts sort of set up, it's really important to be asking, you know, very explicitly for consent. And uh, I think the other part is that it's always okay to say no and stop, right? Like it needs to be given throughout an experience and then it can be taken away at any point during experience. But especially when you've been with someone for a long time, and I've been with my partner for a couple minutes. By a couple minutes, he means a couple decades. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, but like, you know, when we started, everything was like, is this okay? Is this okay? Do you want this? Is this okay? How does that feel? Like constant check-ins. But once you're really comfortable and familiar with somebody, like there's still check-ins and there's still questions that, that you know, that we ask each other, like, you know, oh, are you feeling all right? Are you in the mood? Is this okay? But it's no longer that express enthusiastic, like, yes, or the no style consent, right? Like, it's much harder to describe and quantify. Right. So what we're talking about here is how does consent within like a relationship change over time? And so we know that it does change over time. And we know that um, a lot of people even if they're doing explicit consent at the beginning, which we'll talk about this in a little bit, um, but even if people are starting off that way, they often do change over time because they are so familiar with somebody, especially if you're living with someone, if you've been with them for several years, like there is a deep familiarity with how somebody responds, what their reactions are, what they might be implying through a sound or a gesture or a role of the eyes and you start to really know somebody on a much deeper level. Um, so let's talk about when that comes down to sex, when you've been with someone for a long time and you are interested in having sex with them and you just kind of approach them, maybe you start kissing their neck and like maybe they know that's a signal that you want sex and then like you kind of lead them toward wherever the space is that you want to have sex. (laughs) I'm not going to say the bedroom, but you know, wherever it is. Um, Then uh, those like, you know, there's these kind of cues that you are picking up on that you really know this person really well. And so you're saying like, okay, we're moving toward this. And so is that a problem? Is it a problem that we're um, changing what consent looks like over the course of a relationship with someone? I mean, it can be a problem, right? And The thing is, we know most of the time it is not. Um, And if you've listened to our previous episodes and you've done that communicative work, if you've talked with your partner, if you have, you know, words that you can say to stop, or if you're like with me and my partner, either one of us can be like, eh, not in the mood or no, or like, like it, it, we've hit a point where there's never any sexual offense at not wanting to engage or do something, um, So it it does not necessarily mean there's a problem, but there are many, many, many reports. And Spring and I have probably had hundreds, if not thousands of conversations over our lives of people who are in long-term relationships. And one person feels like they were violated, that their consent, they they, they did not give consent. Um, So, right. A lot of the listeners here, if you're in relationships, you're probably at the same point where I am, where like you kind of get it and things are fine. And, you know, consent is not that explicit conversation because you did the work initially and you understand how to read the cues and you know with a hundred percent security at any second you could say no 
right? Like you can still revoke that sort of non-explicit consent at any time and things will stop it and you'll still be protected. But there are cases where people think that they have that non-explicit consent, but they don't. And I think that's that, that's the really hard part of these conversations. And so let's talk about some of those things that could be happening. So if you're in a partnership with someone and you think you really understand them and then you are starting to engage in sexual activity, but maybe they aren't really in the mood or they're really not in that space at that moment for whatever reason, for any thousands of reasons, right? Yep. Um, and they might not feel like they can say no once this like feels like it's kind of like a sexy time, right? Because they they love you or they want to make you happy or they want to like have um, a peaceful evening and they don't feel like um, if they said no, that that might be the case. And so there are a lot of reasons that people might just kind of agree to sex, but not really want to have sex. Right. And that's okay sometimes. So, um, if for example, I had a partner who started initiating sex with me and I'm feeling like, I don't really want this, but I can do it for them. And then afterward, I might not feel great. Right. I might feel like actually I really didn't want to have sex. I just did that for them and that now I feel sucky. Um, and so when we have these scripts that we're kind of relying on, sometimes it's hard to get out of them. It's hard to say like, actually, no, I don't want to do this when you're not given this explicit moment to express consent. And so that's where some of the problems come in because yes, I would maybe feel very safe with that partner and feel like they understand me and saying no when something is kind of starting to happen is very uncomfortable. And so like Andrew's saying, he knows that he can do that without anyone getting upset and there's going to be no problem in his relationship. And to be honest, I don't know that I've ever felt like that in a relationship. I don't know that I've ever felt like I could be like, uh, no, not right now. Like once something's starting and someone wouldn't get their feelings really hurt and feel kind of upset. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I, I think it's also different in different kinds of relationships. I think these issues are more likely to happen uh, for people who are younger. I also think they're more likely to happen in heterosexual relationships. Like not always. Right. And the thing is, this is an episode where we're really talking in the gray areas about consent, right? Like, Consent in, ide in an ideal world is always like that enthusiastic consent. But Spring and I both know it doesn't always happen that way. We were just talking about a story before um, where we were reading um, some data or re just reading some stories from people who listen to the show saying like, hey, so I invite this girl over and she wants to have some drinks with me and then we have sex. And, and we don't talk about any of that, but it's this kind of autopilot. When springs or I say script, it means like there's a storyline that sort of plays out. Like all of these elements. Like that happens over and over. You do yeah. it like every time it's the same thing. I come over, we have drinks, we have sex. Right. It's just sort of expected, but no consent conversation happens that entire time. Right. And what Spring and I are saying really is that you're much better off in these non-explicit consent situations to make sure that there's some tag for consent as part of that script, build it in from the beginning. Um, like 
are you okay? How does this feel? Is this okay? Do you like this? We've we've done episodes on dirty talk. We've done episodes on different ways of getting consent. We've talked about like the discomfort that people feel. Um, but with non-explicit consent, it sort of takes it to a whole different arena. Yeah. And so like, even though consent may evolve and change over the course of a relationship, I think thinking about um, how you can still ask questions that are consent oriented and how can you um, also build in these outs, right? So like, I would love if everybody had a conversation with their partner, not during sexy time, but during uh, when they're Did you bored. Say sexy times? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're getting ready to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no. Like, I understand what you mean. Like, before things are in that script moving towards sex. Right. Not then. But when you're just bored sitting on your couch and you can't think of anything to do, then <laughs> you can say, okay, like, let's talk about um, some ways that we can make sure that we both are consenting and like, let's build in some outs. Like let's build in some ways that like, if somebody didn't want to have sex in that moment, they could, um, say no. And I wouldn't take it badly. And like, talk about what that might look like for you. Like I might say, um, you know, I might say like, oh, I don't feel like having penetrative sex right now, but I would really like to cuddle. So like there might be like something else that I can offer that would feel good that would like still give us um, a sense of intimacy, right? So I would like talk to my partner and say, you know, um, if I say that I really just want to cuddle, like that's me saying no to sex and that, you know, that I still want to have intimacy with you. And you can talk about these other options or these things that you can say or do to make sure that you are still giving your partner support and love and um, what what that is they might have been looking for in that sexual interaction. I mean, just this isn't my tip for the whole episode, but if you're ever with somebody and you don't want to have sex and they're pushy about it and don't respect you, dump them. Like, that's not a person that is ever going to be fully supportive of you over your life. That's not someone who cares about your needs. It's someone who's being really selfish with their sexual needs. Dump them. Um, yeah. If I could like force all of the dumps, not the poop kind, but like the breakups. Oh yeah. I would be all right, everybody. We're going to take a short That's break. A we'll, be right episode. <laughs> we'll be right back to continue talking about non-explicit consent and what that looks like. All right, everybody, welcome back to our episode. Today we are talking about and discussing non-explicit consent. We're um, not talking about poop. We're not talking about poops. No, <laughs> no poops today. Um, all right, so we've been talking about non-explicit consent in established relationships, right? Um, and Spring was just saying that, you know, it, you probably want to have a conversation with somebody. Like saying like, you know, if I say I'm not in the mood or if I like, it's important that other people understand that saying no is okay, right? Because um, we've been talking about enthusiastic consent for years on the show, but no means no still means something, right? And if someone says no, that that's 100% okay. And if your feelings are hurt that someone says no to sex, then you need to check yourself, right? That's not a them problem. It's a you problem if your feelings are hurt because saying no is fine. 
saying no is a hundred percent okay. Um, and like, if you're in a relationship where people aren't respecting that, there are some other serious issues. So dump them. And and so when you're having these conversations about um, with your partner about like what consent looks like and what what these outs might be and things like that, you can also talk about you know. Um, what are some reasons you might not want to have sex and like what you're feeling like and explain to them, you know, like in, in times when you're not feeling like it, why you're not feeling like that. And, and so when someone understands, you know, that these things are related to your internal factors and not related to them, it's also much more helpful and it's harder in the moment maybe. So having the conversations beforehand, like, you know, sometimes when I get home from work, that's like, my least favorite time to want to have sex because I'm really exhausted. You know, if you actually leave your house for work, um, <laughs> or, you know, right when I get off my computer and I log off of zoom for the day, that's not the time when I feel like having sex. Like I'm like, I know you've been like doing whatever all day and you're just waiting for me, but I am like stressed to the max and I need to like chill out. I need to like distract myself for a little while. And like, then maybe later in the evening, but like having even conversations like that so that your partner also knows when to initiate. And so like all of these larger conversations about consent and what you like and when you don't like feed into this better information so that you are less likely to have an instance with nonverbal consent playing out in the relationship, which actually ends up leading to unwanted sex. Because what we are trying to say is we want to prevent any unwanted sex, right? Absolutely. So we're trying to understand these ways that we interpret consent in our relationship better and have more conversations about it so that we never get to that point. Uh, Don't lie to your partners or partner uh, about not wanting to have sex. Like give them the real reason, right? Like if something has been bothering you and you're not in the mood, if you're tired, if you're hungry, if you've had too much to drink, if you need a drink, whatever it is, you're always better off being honest about why you aren't in the mood. And if you're not sure why you're not in the mood, that's okay. Be like, I'm just not feeling it. The vibe isn't there. (laughs) Which leads us into what else we want to talk about. Yeah. So like the, the, the other part of the th- this conversation, right? So we've been talking about in relationships and Spring and I have given a whole bunch of advice for things that you can do. Um, and I'm really sorry to hear, Spring, that you, you've never been in a relationship where you're at that point. Um, but we'll get you there, right? Listen to some <laughs> of the episodes. I'll recommend a few to you. Um, I've had some partners who hate communicating with me. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, no that would never work. how much I talk. <laughs> For me. Yeah, I'm, I'm an over-talker, over-share. I, get, I, I occasionally get shushed about it. We're like, Andrew, we've heard enough. All right. I actually, I had someone recently say to me, um, they were like feeling frustrated about something sexually. And they were like, can we talk about this? And I was like, uh, yes. I was like, this is my dream come true. Did you actually just say you wanted to talk about sex with me? Amazing. Um, All right. So we're going to talk about vibing for just a minute. Vibing is my least favorite word when it comes to sex. (laughs) And we hear it a lot. We have questions that have been submitted about vibe. I have a lot of research and Andrew's worked on some of this research with me with um, people where they talk to us about their, how they get consent and how they understand consent. And a lot of young people. um, And so like in, in that research study that I'm talking about, we're interviewing people like 
maybe 16 to 25, I think. And um, people in that age range, um, a lot of them were telling us that they know that someone wants to have sex with them because they're vibing. And, and that feels a little scary to me because that feels like someone is interpreting that as vibing, but that person doesn't know that that's how the other person is interpreting that also, especially when we're in the context of first, second, third, fourth, 10th date, right? Like when you're in a new relationship and you are, or it's not a relationship, it's some type of arrangement, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, this use of vibes is, it feels really scary to me. Whenever someone says vibe to me, it feels like they're trying to get sex without doing any of the work, like the emotional work or the consent-based work. Like they're using that one word to sort of get around the conversations and get around like, oh, hey, how's it going? Or get around like all of the important work that sort of sits underneath good sex and healthy relationships and good communication. Um But on the other hand, like, right, we have tons of people who, yeah, are you vibing? Yeah, I'm vibing. And then they're all okay with it. So like the discussion of ask, If you ask, great. If you ask somebody if you're vibing, perfect. That's fine. That is, you are explicitly asking them. And I think that is, that's a code word that most people know at this point. And so, and if someone doesn't know, they'll probably say, I don't know what that is. But if you ask that, that is a form of explicit consent. You are actually asking someone. That would be amazing. But just feeling it and hoping that they feel it without talking about it is where we run into real problems. Um, Because you don't know, you never know what someone else is feeling or if they're into it or if they want to have sex with you or if they want you to stop or if they want something else or if it feels good if you're running on vibe. And so let me just tell you what a vibe could feel like, right? So like people are like feeling some energy between each other. And so someone is interpreting that as sexual energy and as excitement, but the other person could actually be anxious. They could be actually like feeling a little worried about being there alone. Like, and they could be putting off this energy that feels like, you know, anxiety feels very close to excitement. And so it could be that they're putting off this energy and the other person is interpreting it in a different way. And so there, yes, maybe you feel energy there and it feels like kind of electric, but it could also be, ooh, (laughs) right? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And I mean, and I think this comes up all the time. I really like that Spring is saying that, you know, excitement and anxiety feel similar, right? Like if you have both of those, if you really think about it, there's some similar stuff going on where there's like lots of energy bottled up inside of yourself. Now, certainly one of them is very positive and one of them is much more negative, but someone from the outside, especially if you've just met them or if you're on like the second or third or 10th date and you're still like, you know, trying to impress them, if you're still trying to be your best self, that anxiety is very likely going to be read as, ooh, this person's excited to be here. And that's why vibes are a problem. Because without those conversations about consent, that vibe becomes non-explicit consent that isn't given, which means that someone's having unwanted sex or unwanted intimacy or even unwanted touches or back rubs or dances, right? Like vibe is really dangerous. Yeah. And so, um, and P.S. I love the word vibe, to be honest. It sounds super cool. Um, (laughs) So when we're talking about vibing, like 
it is it is definitely a thing. There there are moments when, of course, you are both feeling it, and that is totally true. And we're suggesting that when, especially in your relationships, you cannot interpret that for the other person without asking them. So when you're feeling that and you're like totally feeling it, um, ask the person Just say like, are you feeling this like vibe energy that I'm feeling? Like, I mean, and like make up some ways with your friends that like sound cool for you. Cause that didn't sound cool when I said it, (laughs) that sound like something that you feel like you could say to someone and like, ask your friends, like, what do you think is a good way for me to like check in to see if they're feeling the same way I'm feeling and like seeing if we want to have sex? Because if you don't want to say, Hey, are you feeling up for some sexual activity right now? <laughs> Great. Find a way. I might say. <laughs> Find a way that sounds like you. Find a way that is explicit where you're not just saying like, Hey, do you want to go to the bedroom? Because Yes, there are some things implied with going to the bedroom, but that is not explicit enough because maybe someone wants to go to the bedroom because they're tired. Maybe someone wants to go to the bedroom because that's where the TV is. Maybe someone wants to go to the bedroom because they're cold and there's a blanket in there. Like there are a thousand reasons. Or maybe they think it's just going to be cuddling or oral sex or a hand job or like they don't necessarily think it like you have to talk about it. Do you remember when that story came out a couple years ago about uh, Aziz Ansari Mm -hmm. and... uh, like, so listeners, um, we'll, we can put some of these links so you can read the story. So Aziz went on a date and he thought it went really well with a woman uh, and they vibed and they had good vibes and they went back to his place. And then she wasn't sure if it was rape or sexual assault because she felt like she was saying no the whole time. But Aziz said that he felt like he was she was into it because they didn't have that conversation about consent. Um, it's a really interesting read. Um, we'll post them in the, in the in the notes, and you and you can see how this sort of plays out. Because, like I said, we're we're talking in the gray areas around consent, and if you're running on vibe, or if you're using vibe as your way to understand how someone else is feeling, it can lead to some really awful situations for everybody involved. It, it leads to like situations that Spring and I would very easily say like that was rape that happened. Yeah, even though the person thought everything was okay. And without that conversation about consent between vibe and sex, right? Like that's what leads to a situation having these really negative outcomes. And this can happen in relationships too. We we're kind of suggesting that it's less likely to happen in relationships, but it does definitely happen in relationships. And um, I know a friend who they've told me that they realized that they had had a lot of unwanted sex in their relationship because they realized they were just kind of going along with what their partner wanted for a very long time. And, um, and it was like, they just had the script that like just kept getting started and they just kept following through with, and they actually, hadn't wanted that for a while. And, um, and that feels like really terrible to realize later also, you know, and like, I think all of us want to prevent that. We don't want our partners to feel that way, whether it's a casual partner or a long-term partner. And so really considering like, how can I make things more explicit or how can I make sure there's these outs? How can I like build in all of these other things? How can I keep having these conversations so that we're preventing that both for ourselves and for our partners? Absolutely. I think we should do an episode at some point about, you know, just sexual check-ins. Um, Someone ask us a question about it. Otherwise I'll just submit a question for us to answer about (laughs) like just checking in with someone, how they feel and 
like not during sexy times is an important part to check in because I'm sure the story that Spring's telling us, like if they did some check-ins outside of sex, it would have come to light a lot sooner that there were some serious issues there. Um, but uh, I mean, sexual check-ins are really important. You should do them before, during, and after sex. And, you know, we, we've, we did an episode about like, how can consent still be sexy? Sexual check-ins are a really nice way to keep consent sexy, like throughout the entire experience and then continue it afterwards as well. What worked? What didn't work? What was fun? Did you like that? Was it good enough? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So consent is consent is an easy conversation to have, everybody. Consent is easy if you're using enthusiastic yes means yes. Consent is easy if you're using no means no. Consent's sometimes a little bit more difficult if you're using <laughs> vibe or if you're inside of a relationship and you haven't done the groundwork to make sure that, you know, everybody is sexuality and sexual needs and desires and lack of them is being respected. And you can still do it. It's never too late. That's the thing. So you can start having conversations right now, even if you're in a long-term relationship with someone and you've had sex with them a thousand times, that's a lot. You can, (laughs) you could still say, Hey, I want to talk about this. All right. I don't think I have anything else to say about this today. Um, do you have anything else you want to add or we have, have we hit the end of our uh, episode? No, I'm vibing with you. I think we're there. Vibing. Um, <laughs> I took the words right out of your mouth. <laughs> I, I always vibe with spring. I can't wait to hang out with you in real life again. It's going to be so much fun. Get to do fun things in the world again. All right, everybody. Um, so do you have a tip? I have a, I have a tip today. And my tip is just start having normalize sexual conversations, not only with your partner, but with friends in your life. Um, Friends will help you identify issues in your relationship and help you get through them. And if you normalize sexual conversations with your partner, you're going to make sure that none of the problems that Spring and I talked about today ever happen. And you'll have a happier, healthier, sexier relationship with better orgasms and more orgasms. And you'll just start talking about sex. It makes your life better. Guarantee you. I have um, a tip for sexifying the consent question. Um, So something that I like to do is to say, like, I would really love to engage in some sexual whatever activity it is with you. Do you do you want to do that, too? So it's not so just like, do you want to do this? But like saying, I want this, like, do you want that too? And it gives it just a little bit more of a, like a little more of a sexiness, a little more of a softness to it. Um, to say like, I would really enjoy this. Like, do you want to do that? Um, and that's like a way to check in and to say, and, and to also get explicit consent, um, that feels to me more like, I don't know cute well no i I mean that's a really a good suggestion um it brings us back to the whole troop like what do you want for dinner and everybody hates that question it should be i really like this are you interested in that for dinner and spring just like fixed that whole conversation for sex like do you want instead of saying do you want like i really like are you up for it yeah all right everybody 
Well, thanks for listening uh, to the show today. If you have any questions about non-explicit consent or any other questions about relationships, sexual health, love, relation, anything at all, we'll talk about anything with you. <laughs> um, you can uh, find us uh, or you can send us an email. Uh, we're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. You can call us up 413-I-RAP-IT and you can find us on social media at the sex rap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school or just too music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder the podglomerate a sonic universe